joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above, melts the clouds of Thank you for joining us for this program from the 9th Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the 9th Avenue Church of Christ. Before we get started, this has just kind of been on my heart for whatever reason this week, uh, but just want to say how blessed I feel to be a part of this family uh, and not to just... Uh, be uh, maybe that's just the best way to say it to be a part of this family that many times uh, preachers can kind of get the feeling that they are that they are just the preacher and they go to, to church here if you will but uh, they're not really part of the family but from day one we have been uh, included into the Ninth Avenue Church as family and, and I feel so blessed by that and uh, so grateful for that I just want you to know that in the four years that we've been here uh, even though there have been difficult moments, every day has been a blessing to be a part of this uh, this family here, and and I'm so grateful for that, and thank God for that, and I just want you to know that that is in my heart, and that is how I feel about you. Every opportunity that that I get to share uh, our 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 relationship with other people is how blessed I feel because it's not that way everywhere, and I'm I'm grateful that it is that it is here, and I hope you feel that way as well. Uh, let's go to God in prayer, and then we're going to jump into our lesson this morning. God, we thank you for the chance to just be here. We thank you for the opportunity to open up your word this morning and to study together, God. I pray that our time is beneficial. I pray that our time is uplifting and encouraging. And if um, if we need to be convicted of something this morning uh, from this particular passage that we'll study, please let your Holy Spirit convict us and not just convict us, but move us to change, God. Let us uh, be willing to to do the work to become better Christians and better servants of you uh, every day. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I'll ask this question as we get started. If you want to show show of hands, how many of you enjoyed the extra hour of sleep this morning? Any of you enjoy the extra hour of sleep? One of the things that I have come to realize over the last several years is on this particular day that we get an extra hour of sleep that when you have kids, what that means is they just wake up an hour early because they their body tells them it's time to get up. I usually start kind of getting our crew up about 6.30 every morning. So at 5.30 this morning, the little two were ready to go. They were ready to go. So we were going at 5.30 this morning. So that extra hour, see, I'm not sure where I'm going to get mine, but maybe somewhere uh, in all of this, we will. I'll get that extra hour. But then, of course, in a few months, we'll roll back around and lose an hour of sleep, and maybe our topic or, or our theme for this particular series would be more appropriate then of wake up because that's the Sunday that people tend to struggle with the most as far as being awake. But in our life and in our walk with God, being awake and being observant and, and being aware of what's going on around us is such an important thing. And that's really what we're talking about as we roll through the book of Ephesians together, and we're about halfway through our, through this particular study um, in, in, in lesson number, and we get to a point today, we get to a point today where we see Paul talking about some requests, or making some requests to God. If you back up into our text from last week, if you back up in our text from last week, one of the things that he talks about in our, in our, in our lesson that we had was this idea of that we should be 
we shouldn't, well, basically, we should not be afraid to, to go before God. We should have this relationship with God that we can go before Him, we can talk to Him, we can bring things to Him, and He excuse me, he makes that kind of statement and idea and brings that up. And then he follows that with request. So basically what he's saying is, don't be afraid to come to God. Don't be afraid to talk to God. Don't be afraid to pray to God. Therefore, uh, he, he is going to then make his own request. He's going to say, these are the things that basically as I pray, that I'm, I'm, I'm talking to God about. I'm wanting to know more. I'm wanting to learn more. I'm wanting to grow. I'm wanting to wake up in these particular areas. So let's pick up in our text this morning. Let's pick up in our text this morning in uh, verse 14 of this chapter. And I'm going to read from my Bible, if you would control it from up there until we get to the end of this text. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you will be rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So right here in the middle of this book, right here in the middle of this text and passage, this letter that Paul's writing, he stops and really and truly he writes down a prayer. He says, I've got a prayer for God's people. And this is what it is. So let's, let's begin to break this down. He starts out, he said, ah, he's praying that we would be strengthened with power. He's praying that we would be strengthened with power. Let's, let's kind of break down a few verses here and look at what he's talking about. For starters, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Let's just stop right there. So let's break this down. What's, what's, his, what's his prayer for? That we will have this great power, a strengthening power, an overcoming power. Here's the thing that makes this kind of maybe passage difficult for us to some degree. And that is, we do not like to express the fact that we might be weak. We do not want to express the fact that we might be weak. Weakness is not a, it's not something that we're always proud of. When you walk into a room, you want to walk into the room and you want to seem like you, you belong there. You want to seem, you want to act like, you know, they tell you, hey, when you walk in a room, act like you own the room. Act like you belong there. Weakness is different. Weakness is one of those things where, where people in our country, in our society, in, in, our, in our culture, if you're weak, you look, you're, you're looked down on. You, 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 it's, it's not something that we, we celebrate. But the fact that he's saying, I pray that he may strengthen you with power, goes ahead and, and it tells us that we have to admit something. And that is, by ourselves, without the Spirit of God, without a relationship with God, we are weak. We can't solve our own problems. We can't overcome our own sins. We can't make it through the challenges of the world in, in, in a positive way. 
without the strength and the Spirit of God. So I want you to just think about that for a second. And maybe think about your own life and ask yourself, am I willing, am I willing today to accept the fact that alone, on my own, I am weak? Even Paul says and admits to that in his writings in different ways and at different points. Because you see, the only way we become strong is through God. The only way we become strong is through God, is to have that relationship with Him. And not just with Him. If you go on and you really dig into what he's saying here, he's saying that we have this strength that comes from God, but we also share in that strength, or we, we, we make that strength even stronger through our relationship with each other. If you back up and look at the beginning of this section, verse 14, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So he's making this a, a, a community thing. He's not just praying for individuals. He's praying for the community. That as a community made up of individuals, that we are strengthened that we are full of His Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in our hearts. And so it's not something that we do alone. It's not something we do alone. As a matter of fact, as you look through Scripture, so much of our life and so much of the way that we show that we have faith, that we wake up to the idea, is done with each other. It's done with each other. We confess sin to, to each other. If we're wanting to overcome sin, if we're wanting to overcome that temptation or that struggle that we're facing in a spiritual way, it's not just go and talk to God about that, although that's part of it. But he also says you confess those things to one another. So if you want to overcome and get strength from God to overcome that sin, you do that with one another encourage one another. We fellowship with one another. We pray for one another. So this morning, if, if, you're, if you're walking this walk and, and you're living this life and you're in this journey and you feel like you're weak and you're wondering, why do I feel weak? Maybe it's because you're getting your strength from the wrong place, that it's not necessarily from God. And even if you're here and you think, well, I'm here, I'm worshiping, I'm praying, I'm doing these things, maybe look at those relationships with your brothers and sisters and go, are they where they need to be? Am I strengthening my relationship, my bond, my unity with the people that I'm sitting in the pew with? Because that's how you really plug into the Spirit and the power of God. That's how this Him dwelling in us is enriched. It's brought to, to the greatest magnitude that it can be. So he's praying that we are strengthened with one another or strengthened in God with one another. And of course, how, how does that play out? How, how, do we, how do we really tap into that? Well, number one is through the Spirit. In chapter one, he talks about how that Spirit, what does it do? It ensures our, our relationship with Him. It ensures our, our, um, our salvation. It ensures our inheritance. The Spirit of God dwelling in us is so important. And along with that, with the Spirit dwelling in our inner being, Christ dwells in our heart through faith. And so we have this connection to them in such a powerful way. So his first prayer for us is a prayer of strength. But his second prayer is that we would grasp the extent of God's love. He prays that we would grasp the extent of God's love. And he's going to use some poetic language here to really try to get his point across. So we pick up 
kind of at the end there of chapter, of verse 17, he says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high the deep uh, is the, I'm sorry, and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, so let's back up. Let's, let's start at the beginning here. He says that his prayer is that we will be rooted and established in what? In, in, in love. What does the idea of rooted carry in our mind? When you hear the word roots, what are we talking about? Talking about foundations. Talking about putting, putting our feet in something solid, something that we can trust, something that we know that when the world comes crashing down, that I'm going to be firm. And, and I love the idea of a forest and roots. You, you start trying to dig up trees and knock over trees in a forest, their root systems are going to really prevent that from happening very easily. Why? Because their roots are just all grown into each other. And I think about that. I'm going to be rooted in the love of God. And you are going to be rooted in the love of God. And our lives are just going to intertwine with one another. And when I start to fall and I start to waver and I start to kind of to move back and forth and maybe move in a direction that I'm not supposed to be going, that love, what does it do? I'm rooted. It grabs me and it keeps me in. Most of the time when people walk away, when people walk away, it's because they've dug up their roots. They've cut them off. They've kind of moved to the outside and they're really not plugged in. They're really not secure to where they need to be. They're, they're, they're trying to stay at a distance. And when they get to that distance and they, they unroot themselves and they're no longer established, then, then they begin to move. It is so hard for Satan to pull someone out that's rooted together. So his prayer is that we understand the greatness of God's love but we understand it how? Together. Together with one another. It amazes me how often that the love of God is shown in my life. As I mentioned to start, maybe that's why I've been thinking about it this week <coughs> because of this text. But the love of God is shown so many times through the actions of others through the actions of others. We become the shoulders that people cry on. We become the arms of the hugs of Jesus. We become the love of God in the things that we do for other people. We do that together. Without each other in this world, I really believe that the love of God disappears on, on, on earth. Without Christians, because we're the ones that's supposed to be showing it. We're the ones that's supposed to be giving it to other people. People are supposed to know how great God is by our love, by our actions. But he goes on and he uses kind of this poetic language here. And he says, with each other and the way that you're established in each other, I want you to understand. I want you to understand and try to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And that's almost kind of written in a way to go ahead and tell you that there's no way you're ever going to really know. You're never going to fully understand it. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Because he goes on, he says, and to know this love that what? Surpasses what? Knowledge. So still, there's this idea that, man, this is going to be hard to do. But he says, I think you can. Because it's not just about knowing that God loves you. It's not about just knowing. See, to me, there is a difference in knowing that God loves you and experiencing God's love. There's a difference in knowing that God loves you and experiencing God's love. It's actually very possible for someone to love you, to love you, and to never even say the words, but to know that they love you. Why? Because of their what? Because of their actions. Some people just don't say it. Some people just don't say the words, but they show it to you every day. They show it in every interaction that they have with you. So love is more than just, yeah, I know God loves me. He said, I just don't want you to, he said, I don't want you to just know that God loves you. I want you to experience the love of God. And you experience the love of God being rooted and established together as God holds God's holy people. And he says, not just that you, not just that you may know it and, and experience, but that you may know it to the point that you are filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. All the fullness. That it bubbles over. That it just, that it just, you are so full of the love of God that it just bubbles over into everybody else's life. That they just, you, you just can't help it. You just can't help it. So let me ask you this morning, first and foremost, do you, if you want to know if I'm full of God's love, the first thing is, is do you feel it? Do you feel God's love? And if the answer is no, then again, look at your church family and go, do I have the relationships with them that I need to have? Am I rooted with them? Am I fellowshipping with them? Am I praying with them? Am I encouraging them? Am, am I involved with the people of this church in a way that I can feel love from them? So if you don't feel the love of God this morning, if you don't feel like you've experienced the love of God, it's not really a God problem. It may be a relationship problem with those sitting in the pew with you. And then secondly, am I really experiencing the love of God the second way you look at that and ask and try to figure out is, do, do people around me feel loved? When they're around me, do they feel the love of God? Because if I am full of God and not just to the brim, not just to the top to where I'm the only one experiencing it, but I am full to the fullest measure that it's just bubbling out and bubbling over, then everyone I come into touch with should feel what? Loved. If people come into contact with you and when they leave with you, they feel aggravated, frustrated, judged. They feel like you've been hateful. They feel that you're, you're judgmental. If they feel that way about you, you're not experiencing enough love of God. Because you should be experiencing God's love to the point that every time you interact with someone else, they experience the love of God. You are the vehicle of God's love in this world. You are. And we need to take that serious. Because your interaction with someone, a single interaction can make someone more interested in coming to Jesus or less interested. Now, it's ultimately their decision, and I completely agree with that. 
But we, have a, we carry a big burden, a lot of weight in that interaction. We have a responsibility to go and to share and to teach. But how does he say to do that? To, to, to teach one another in love. Let your love flow and shine and just run over into people's lives. I've never, <coughs> I've never heard anyone say, that person loved too much. You ever heard that? You ever heard anybody be accused of loving too much? I've heard of people being, and I've, I've met people that are too hateful. They're too judgmental. They're, they're, they talk too much. You know, they ask too many. They worry too much. But we are never in Scripture, never ever warned to love too much. We're always encouraged to love what? More. Love more. Love more. Over and over and over let our love just bubble over into this world. So are you full of the love of God? And then the last request that he makes, that we would just be filled with God, that we would just be filled with God, that we'd have his strength, that we'd have his love, and that we would just be filled with God. He goes on and he finishes it. We've kind of touched on it, that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then he goes on and goes, this is who God is. This is what we're asking to be full of. We, we fill ourselves. Let's, let's just stop and kind of touch on this for a second. We fill ourselves with a lot of things in life, don't we? We fill ourselves with a lot of things. We fill our time with a lot of things. We, we fill our hobbies with a lot of things. We fill our family with a lot of things. We, we love traditions. I mean, hey, we're getting into the, what we call the busy time of the year, right? It's Christmas season, isn't it? How many of you, how many of you have, have or are in the process of going ahead? Let me just ask you this way. How many of you will have all your Christmas stuff up before Thanksgiving? I'm just curious. How many of you believe that it is not right to have any Christmas up until after Thanksgiving? Okay, if all of you will come forward as we stand and sing. No. Just kidding. Just kidding. You can wait till tonight. It'll be fine. This is a busy time of year, isn't it? I saw this thing on TikTok the other day, and it was hilarious. It was what happens when the mother-in-law calls the husband about the Thanksgiving plans, and he's going, mm-hmm, yeah, no clue. No clue. No clue. And I, I kind of feel that way. Because it's so busy, it's like I have no clue what's next sometimes. We are filling our life with so much. With so much. I, I can't even begin to tell you how busy life is for us. Some of you know. Some of you are like, hey, enjoy it. Jamie told me this a couple of times, last, this time last year. <laughs> As Brant was getting ready to graduate, he's like, man, just enjoy it. Because you'll turn around and it's going to be over. And I'm sitting here thinking, but after my second one graduates, I've still got two more at home. Right, Tanner? Like, I mean, it's never going to end, it feels like. So we fill our life with so much. But he says, be full to the greatest fullness of God. And then this is what you're filling your life with. This is who you're filling your life with. He says, now to him, he's having a moment of praise. He's had his request. Now he's having his moment of praise. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Just stop right there. He has asked God to do these things. And now he's admitting, God, 
I'm asking you to do these things, and, 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 and I'm asking you, and I understand that not only can you do these things, but you can answer these requests, you can answer these prayer requests in a way that I cannot even begin to imagine how you're going to do it. And that's one of the greatness thing, greatest things of God, especially in, in doing what I do and working with people, and I pray with people, and then they come back, and they're like, I never imagined God would answer my prayer that way. I can't believe he's done this. I can't believe the way he's blessed me. And, and we know that. We experience that every single day. He says, understand that we are praying to a God who can do uh, just so much more than we can ever, ever even begin to grasp and understand. He says, um, uh, so now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And I love that reminder that who is this about? Whose power is it? It's his. Man, it's easy. It's easy to make it about us. It's easy to make it about us. I was sitting in an office with a missionary one time, and we were talking about church growth. And it's like, it is a conversation of church growth that I will never forget. And I said, how do we make the church grow? That was just, that's the question, right? And, and, and as a minister, that's probably one of the biggest questions you ask and think about and, and have conversations. How do you make a church grow? Brian, Danny, Jamie, as elders, do you ever sit and think about that question? How do we make the church grow? It's what that elder, not the elder, it's what this missionary told me. He goes, we don't. We do not make the church grow. Who brings the growth? If you think about Paul's writings, who does Paul say brings the growth to the church? God. He says our job is to do one thing, plant and water. Plant and water. That's our job. We don't bring the growth. And I think he's reminding us of that here as well. He's saying we, he's going to do all these things according to to his power. All the success that we have in the church, all the success that you have in your walk with God has to do with one person and one person only. Who is that? God. You got to give yourself to him. You got to be involved. You got to have faith. But his power is the one that makes it work. And he goes, but guess where that power resides? It resides in you. So you can do it. You can do it. One of my greatest things to hear people say, and, and my wife's especially in church work, is to hear church leaders go, oh, we could never do that. That's too big. There's no way we could ever do that. Guess what? That's where now to him who is able to do what? Immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. There is nothing as children of God in a loving environment rooted together that we cannot accomplish through God. Amen? Do you really believe that? Do you truly believe that, that anything we set our heart to that is the will of God, that we, we, we can accomplish it? I want you to know that we can because God's power is at work within us and doing those things. And then he just stops, and we need to do this from time to time. He says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Basically, he's saying, God, it's all about you. To you be the glory. It's your work. It's your will. It's your church. And when it goes well and it does what it needs to do and it works the way that, that you've promised us it will, we need to do one thing. We need to give God the glory. Be rooted in each other's love. Be rooted in God's love. Be strengthened by God. And when it all works the way that he says it's going to work, we stop and say, God, 
It's all about you. It's all about focus. If we're focused in the right direction, if we're living in the right direction, if we're seeking the right things, God's power is there to help us succeed in all of those things. And that's really what his prayer is here. His prayer is, is have faith that God will answer the prayers that you bring to him. Have faith that as long as you're walking with him and living the life that you're supposed to be living and, and trying, that we're not going to always succeed at that. We're not going to always live the perfect life. Not going to happen. So if you came in here this morning thinking I'm going to be perfect, give it up. And also realize that the person sitting next to you is not perfect either. You're in this boat together. Let's root ourselves in the love of God. Let's fill ourselves with the fullness of his strength and his love. Let it overflow everywhere we go and allow his power to do great things in our church. Let's wake up to that reality every single day. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer as we close. God, we thank you for this chance to be with you. We thank you for the request that Paul makes here, but help us to remember that these are also challenges for us. Challenges for us to remember that we're not perfect and we're going to have struggles, that we need his power to overcome, that we need each other to, to experience the fullness of your love. Help us to remember that we have your power dwelling within us to help us accomplish more than we could ever accomplish on our own. We're so grateful for that today, God. Help us to live in that and to be strengthened in that every day. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook. Instagram. And Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember to love like Jesus. Demand.